Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. That's the name of this program, Today's Issues. And we thank you, as always, for listening to AFR. In studio with me is Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. And in Kansas City, Kansas, is our good friend Ray Pritchard. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? We're doing well here in Mississippi. Uh, Kansas weather is what? It is sunny and clear and about 37 degrees here in Kansas City. Oh, wow. Are we about the same, Fred? Uh, I'm not sure if we reached 37 yet. I think we're... Headed, what, for 40-something today? Tupelo? Let me check real quick here. Uh, 36. So we got we got, we got got Kansas City beat. Wow. <laughs> well, well, that doesn't happen too often. Well, the lower the score, the the more you're ahead here in <laughs> winter. Right. <laughs> right? 30, yeah, I know. That's rare. 36 degrees here in Tupelo today. 37 in Kansas City right now. Although, um, I would say probably the next three weeks we'll trade. <laughs> That's we'll right. Trey with you. Uh, winter has arrived with a vengeance, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a serious situation, Fred, uh, along the, uh, in, in, particularly in Virginia, the mid yeah. mid Atlantic states. Right? There is a stretch of the I ninety five, which is the big interstates, starts down in Miami, sure. goes all the way up to Maine. But there's a stretch between Richmond, Virginia. We have a radio station, one of our stations in Richmond. So from Richmond north up to D.C. Uh, yesterday, I think it was mid-afternoon or so, a couple of 18-wheelers, because the snowstorm had arrived there, a couple of 18-wheelers slipped off the road. Nobody killed. But it basically brought Interstate 95 to a halt. There have been people sitting in their cars all night on I-95 waiting for things to be cleared. Now, Just in the last few minutes, we just updated our story at American Family News. There is one lane that is moving very slowly. But they're also sending out crews now to try to get people. Some of them ran out of gas. Some of them just turned off their engines in their cars. So they was down to 26 overnight, at least down that far. And they've got 26 degrees, 26 degrees Fahrenheit. They've got kids in the cars, some of these folks. They're heading back, you know, after vacation, uh, after the long weekend. So it is still a mess there. On top of that, there's close to 300,000 people without power in that Virginia area. So we've got a very serious situation. It's a reminder, driving in winter weather, and I'm not the first to say this, but I know when I used to drive in Canada, you in the wintertime, you need to have a little survival kit in the car with you. And that survival kit can include, like, you can light a candle to generate some heat in the car, take some chocolate bars, take some extra blankets, that kind of thing. I'm sure these dear folks were not expecting this. I mean, you can't predict right. a, a right. traffic accident. But uh, it's a mess. There's still hundreds of people, as I say, still stranded in their cars. As I say, there are some crews, the governor of the state says there's trying to get crews in to get people into a warming hut somewhere, try to get some cars moved off to the nearest exit so they can get around this. But right now, if you go to Google 
you know, where you go to get directions, Google mm-hmm. Maps. Uh, it is just full of red marks right now about, like, nothing happening. Normally it would take, I think, about an hour or so to get from Richmond up to the, the outskirts of D.C., maybe an hour and change. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you're an hour talking- and a half. I've driven that many times on buses from Williamsburg to uh, D.C. Yeah, but right now, I mean, it's a mess. As I say, one lane just barely starting to move right now. So yeah. You're right uh, about carrying, a, a you know, especially if you live in places um, where this can happen, mm-hmm. where this kind of winter storm can happen, uh, about, you know, packing, a, having a kit. Uh, a little something. Yeah. The thing about it is, Ray, you can be, you can say to yourself, okay, I've got uh, three hours to get to my destination before the storm hits. Okay, good. Right. We got, we got plenty of time where you're driving down the road. No, you don't have plenty of time if an accident happens ahead of you. Well, in that case, out. if you're if you're between the exits on the freeway, right. you are stuck. You are completely stuck because you got these uh, these these eighteen wheelers. You know, a couple of them jackknife. They hit something. They block the road. You can't you can't go north. You can't go south. You can't exit the freeway. And what yep. are you going to do if you've got? let's say an eighth of a tank of gas left, then you are in some real trouble. Uh, obviously, some people were prepared. Some people had the, the stuff, Fred, you were talking about. But if you were just, let's say yesterday afternoon, you were going to make a quick trip and got stuck on the freeway. What if you had grade school or younger kids with you in the car? It becomes a very dangerous situation mm-hmm. quick. And I, Fred, as you said, I've, I've opened up Google Maps and from – from the heart of Washington, D.C. to just north of Richmond, it's red with these little dots on the line to show there's a pile up here and a pile up here and a pile up here. So uh, they still don't have this thing cleared away, and I, I think it's going to be a few more hours before the freeway can open up again. Mm. Wow, what a mess. And you're talking about probably thousands of cars Oh, you know, affected. It's just... Uh, some of the uh, the networks now are just showing almost live pictures, and it's it's just wall to wall. Yeah, it's going to take a while. Well, um, winter's here for mm-hmm. for the country. You got any trips scheduled, Ray? Or are you done for the? We are. For the we're just back uh, from a road trip up to Missoula, Montana. We left on Christmas Day and drove up to Missoula. Our, our one of our boys pastors a church up there, and we don't get to see our Montana kids very much. And that's 3,000 miles we drove from Kansas City to Missoula and back. And I only mention that to say, Fred, we did exactly what you said. Because if you're going to go north to Montana in late <laughs> December, you are going to hit some weather, right? Yes, yes. You're going to hit it. And, I mean, we we got the windshield wiper defroster. We had the emergency kit. We had the food. We had the water. And including even some spare chargers for our cell phone in case all the battery in the car ran down. Yeah. You got to think about these things, folks. This mm-hmm. is winter. You do not want to be caught. Uh, you don't want to be caught on the I didn't even think about the cell phone chargers because you think you just put it on your phone uh, in your car, right? Your right. battery. But what if your battery didn't work? What if your you battery know? runs down and you're stuck on the freeway and you can't get off and you're out of gas and mm-hmm. you're out of power? Then you are in some real trouble. So Kansas City to Missoula and back is three thousand miles. A little bit over that, right? Right at three thousand miles. Yeah, wow. you, just don't, you just don't think about it being that far because you're still in the middle of the country. But three thousand miles is L.A. to New York. 
Yeah, it's a long way. It's 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 quite a bit north. We had to go north to Sioux Falls and then west to Sheridan, Wyoming, and then further north again to Billings, Montana. Then you drive forever just in the state of Montana to get to the yeah. to Missoula, which is which is on did the you, western side. Did you side. ever run out of cell phone coverage? Oh uh, yes, a number of times, and on the freeway we did. Yeah, well, and and Ray, you're so smart to you know to take that survival kit because in that part of the country. You can go <laughs> right. miles and miles and mi- and there's not another soul. We we went on one part of the interstate where it said the sign said next service is 66 miles down the road. So you are stuck there. And we we were doing that on I guess we were doing that on Sunday night that part of the road and it was just pitch dark, no <laughs> lights. You thought you were on the back side of the moon. That's like the last place I wanna I wanna have any problems on the road, you know. Oh man. Well I guess my final question is how was the sermon? <laughs> It, what, it did very well. It was a very good sermon. Because <laughs> you drove a long way for that for that sermon. It, it better was, be good. It uh, was son. that plus the grandkids made it worth the trip. Yeah. I was going to say, Ray, there is a thing right. called Zoom. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> well, but they, but you don't get to see them in person. But what, no. a couple, three times a year, maybe. Actually, yeah. it's been once a year for the last two years, and so uh-huh. yeah. so you do what you got to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, well, if you want to join us on Facebook or YouTube, just type in Today's Issues, and you can video stream the show there uh, from our studios here. And uh, we uh, encourage you to do that. We've got the uh, stories that we post, uh, that we talk about, we post on our Facebook page so you can have the original content. Coming soon, ladies and gentlemen, as we've been mentioning a few times, we will have our own streaming service here at American Family Association, American Family Radio, akin to Facebook Live or YouTube. Uh, it'll be the same type thing. So in the, we're hoping by March we'll be able to tell you, go to our streaming website and, and you can watch the show uh, there live. So that's, that's, that's coming up in the next couple of months. All right, Fred, what else is in the news this morning? Well, I'll tell you, thousands of our our military personnel friends um, that we just honor their service right now, their career uh, is on pins and needles because, and I'm speaking of those who are uh, applied for religious exemptions not to get vaccinations. We know Marines already have been thrown out Air Force personnel have been thrown out because they're refusing these vaccines and not being granted religious exemptions. I have a little bit of good news on that front. Uh, Yesterday, a federal judge in Texas has granted 35 Navy service members a court motion challenging the Pentagon's COVID-19 vaccine mandate with religious exemptions. Mike Berry, who is representing the Navy SEALs on behalf of First Liberty, told the Daily Caller News Foundation that the ruling is a win for religious freedom. Now, the judge involved with this is Judge Reed O'Connor of the Northern District of Texas. And what he went after in his decision was the Navy's six-phase, 50-step religious accommodation process. He called it a theater, all right? He said uh, the Navy's accommodation process confirms the fears. The Navy uses a 50-step process to adjudicate religious accommodation requests Under the standard operating procedures for the process, the first 15 steps require an administrator to update a prepared 
disapproval template with the requester's name and rank. So even before they go through the 50 steps, in the first 15 steps, you type out the, the uh, personnel's name and it's on a rejection sheet. Now that's how the Navy has been operating. That's why this judge is calling it a theater and he's granted at least a temporary injunction to stop the Navy from doing what it's been doing. Yep. And basically, the judge says they just, when they get a religious exemption application, they just rubber stamp and say reject it. They don't even consider who, I wonder it. who discovered this. The, the judge did? Or well, somebody, I th or I, First I Liberty? I think it's thanks to First Liberty, yes. Uh, uh, First Liberty, they're our good friends, uh, Kelly Sackford and his team there in uh, Plano. Yes. Um, the Dallas area. Yeah. And they are representing these uh, sailors. Navy said? SEALs. Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs. And, and this, also in, in this press release that we got from First Liberty, it, it basically talks about an environment and the judge, if you mentioned this, O'Connell also said the Navy's policy that state service members with religious exemption requests are considered disqualified, meaning permanently non-deployable. And it just goes on to talk about an environment that's going on in our military right now, unfortunately. I'm not saying all leaders, but they regard people who are applying for a religious exemption as something like lepers. Mm -hmm. We don't want you around. Mm -hmm. Just on the basis of applying for a religious exemption, they're starting to consider you bad news. We want you out of here. But you're saying the judge has uh, noted that the Navy, is it the Navy? Yes, yeah, the okay, Navy. Okay, the Navy, hit, which obviously Navy SEALs, uh, and, and they just have a, a, a rejection. They don't even consider the religious exemption application no what you're saying they just rubber stamp it as rejected rejected yes well that's not an application at all it's exactly. just as he said that's just theater that's yeah. just you're actually that's cruel it is actually to to make people go through the trouble of uh explaining themselves and their their uh their issues with this from a religious exemption perspective when the navy knows full well they never have a chance uh so what they should do is, if they're going to be fair about it, the Navy that is, is just re rescind the uh, the religious exemption application altogether and just say we're not issuing any. Stop you know the, what I'm saying? Stop the theater. Stop the theater. Yeah. Ray, any thoughts on this here? Well, the whole thing is, uh, I was going to say it's a joke, but it's much worse than that. It's a, it's a travesty for the military to pretend that they're going to offer a religious exemption, which actually is printed out on a rejection form anyway, meaning they don't take seriously the whole exemption process. But behind this, guys, is the fact that the mandate needs to be repealed. It yeah. needs to be taken away. It's unfair. Uh, it's unconstitutional. Yeah. Frankly, it's un-American. I completely agree with you on that. And I will say this. Um, the people that Biden has in places of authority now – uh, such as over the military, uh, that I'm talking about political appointments now. I'm not talking about career service men and women, uh, and in other positions of of authority that uh, cabinet positions and so forth. They can't stand evangelical Christians. No, we are the enemy, mm -hmm. and anything they can do to punish people who, who like us yes. and make life miserable. For people like us, they will take every opportunity to do so because 
if they could, they would round us all up and put us in camps. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm 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 not kidding. Uh, these secular humanists, these these uh, progressives, as they call themselves, not not all of them, okay, but but the vast majority of them, uh, they view uh, Christianity and in particular evangelical Christianity, and in particular white evangelical people as uh, in in a contemptuous way. Yes, we're we're science deniers. We're flat earthers. We're we're stopping progress mm-hmm. that uh, that they want to make, and they want they want less religion and more government control. That's how these people think. And so, if you want to know why somebody maybe at the Navy in a political position would say, you know what, just tell them all no, yeah. don't even consider it, mm-hmm. it's because they're saying we're uh, this is these are the. We're, we're stopping these January six type people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what that's the way they would view it. Yes. No. Any? You know, have I gone? No. Am I way out there on a limb, Fred? On this you're, one, you're absolutely not on a limb. That's that is the attitude that is being promoted by the Biden administration right. across the board. For instance, uh, yesterday, uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Uh, announced that they're going to have a vote. He's going to try to bring a vote forward to get rid of the filibuster. This is to bring forward the Democrats' voting act. But throughout his announcement, he talked about coming up on Thursday as the anniversary of the uh, the mob that went up to Capitol Hill January 6th last mm-hmm. year. Of course, the favorite word being used right now by the media and Chuck Schumer and the Democrats, it was an insurrection. Oh yeah, an insurrection. Yeah. yeah, you you're gonna if you can have a dollar for every time you hear that word the next uh, five days. Oh, watch you, out! We, we'd be wealthy. <laughs> huh? That they're gonna they're gonna wear you out with insurrection. Yes, in coming in the coming days. Okay, so uh, January sixth last year, we're two days away now. Mm-hmm. That did happen, mm-hmm. and it was it was a terrible day for our mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. because some people got absolutely carried away went into the Capitol unauthorized and uh, and caused panic yes. on, on Capitol Hill. Sadly, uh, one lady lost her life. She was shot by the Capitol police officer. Um, so it was a, it was a, it was, uh, you know, nobody's proud of what happened on that day. However, Ray, the Democrats right now are, they're, they're going to, I think Biden and Harris are going to give speeches. Yes. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. They, you, you talk the old expression, milk it for all it's worth. Uh, that you're about to see that for the next uh, few days. They're they're gonna they might as well have a parade. Uh, they may have a parade planned. Biden may have a parade uh, planned in Washington to commemorate this day. Listen, uh, I'm just going to give my. Well, this is our program, so that's what I'm about to do is give my opinion on this. And I, meant, I mentioned this after it happened last year. What happened on January 6th last year was was uh, was not an insurrection in the truest form of the word, okay? And how you understand insurrection, if you look in the dictionary, for example, it wasn't a coup, all right? <clears throat> if it was an insurrection or a coup, it was the worst planned insurrection and coup in the history of the world. Right. Okay. This is why we know this is not what happened. There were no 
gunshots fired, except for the Capitol Police officer there, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, there were nothing was torched. Uh, people didn't carry weapons with them. That's right. Or uh, if they did, they certainly didn't use them into the cap in down to this uh, what started out as a protest rally. Uh, if if this were a insurrection or a coup, that those things would have happened. You would have had hostages. You would have had shootouts with cops. You would have had mayhem and and violence. Those things did not. Uh, now you could say some violence happened, but you know what I'm saying. We saw the pictures of the shaman, mm-hmm. right? Right. The bare-chested right. shaman with the guy with the antlers, yeah. horns on. Yeah. You you saw some other uh, fellow in uh, Nancy Pelosi's office with his feet up on the desk. Yeah. Uh, okay. Th- th- those things were that was terrible for that to have happened, and those people, uh, you know, were held responsible. Some of them were being treated way beyond uh, the qu- crimes that were committed. Uh, we as da- Sandy has uh, documented. Sandy Rios has documented. So, uh, right, and then I'll let you comment there, Fred. What happened on that day, folks, was some people were worked up emotionally and they got carried away in the moment. Many of them went into the Capitol thinking they were being welcomed into the Capitol because the, uh, well, uh, they, they, that's, they thought it was okay, acceptable to go into the Capitol. Many of them went in and then they left. They were taking selfies. They were taking pictures, mm-hmm. uh, right? So these were people that got uh, let their emotions run away with them in the in the heat of the moment, and, and that's all it was. And and uh, to cut to, to to make this thing a bigger deal, to make it like it was some kind of an armed insurrection or coup, is only being um, exploited. Exploitive. That, that's uh, an ex. What am I trying to say here? That's exploiting the situation for political benefits for the Democrats are going to try to make in the next few days. You know, the, the, the problem with framing this accurately is that we agree. This is a demonstration that that turned into an invasion of federal property that should not have happened. Right. We agree that that the, the fellow who, who breaking into somebody's office, right? that's illegal, okay? Yeah. Representative or not, that's illegal. It shouldn't be done. And, and you you got to be called to account for that, right? You've you've got you've got yeah. to the people who did that suffered consequences, as you said. Some of them way out of right. way out of proportion. The punishment out of proportion to the crime. But this was not a coup. It was not an insurrection. There was not one single moment when the government of the U.S. was under any serious threat whatsoever. It's people who got emotionally charged up. It got out of control. Uh, there should have been far better security around yes, the U.S. Capitol. Yes. And, and we still don't have the answer to why the National Guard was not called up and used, wasn't set up there in advance so this could not have happened. So it was a tragedy, yes, but it was not. And it was a – I don't mind if you call it a riot at the Capitol. Right, if you want right, to call it yeah. that, perfectly fine. Okay. It was not an insurrection. It was not a coup. The government was not under any imminent yeah. threat. Well, an, an insurrection is a move to take over the government. That was not the purpose. No. They, were, they wanted to try to stop the certification of the election. That's right. why they were right. there, to protest the certification they of the protesting. election. protesting. That's what they were there for. Yeah. It wasn't to take over the government. You know, and there's some stories, too. I've seen them about people maybe who were planted there to try right. to 
um, whip up people into a frenzy by the FBI. You see this, Ray? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Where, you I know did. where people are trying to encourage. Hey, let's go into the Capitol. Mm-hmm. You know those right. kinds of things. And we have a, not gotten answers yet right. about who those people were, who yeah. sent them, what they were doing. Well there. well, there was at least one Antifa guy there. Right, that was on film, mm-hmm. uh, who was uh, encouraging people to go into the Capitol. All right, we'll return. Sandy Rios is coming up with us. She'll join us momentarily. Stay with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Every American ought to visit George Washington's Mount Vernon estate south of Washington, D.C. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. We're going to be going to Mount Vernon on one of our spiritual heritage tours coming up in June and September. Wanted to let you know about these tours already because they will fill up quick. So, for all the information, go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. We're going to be going to Yorktown, Jamestown, and Williamsburg as well on a separate trip. So, so much rich American history there to be experienced. Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation is a nationally noted historian, and he's going to be with us along the way. spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. You need a university you can trust that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University, and now is the perfect time to start. This fall, Liberty celebrating 50 years of training champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Text EXPLORE to the number 49596. That's EXPLORE to the 49596. The conservative purge on social media continues. First, Twitter banned former President Trump. Now they banned Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ms. Greene accused of violating the company's China virus policies, forbidding what they call misinformation. In response, the Georgia Congresswoman called Twitter an enemy of the American people. And it's true. That's one of the reasons I've been urging you to sign up for my free newsletter, the only way to fight back against big tech censorship. It's beyond time for Congress to crack down on social media platforms that have been given special protections under the law. Twitter and Facebook have every right to decide what is posted on their platforms, but they do not deserve special protections from lawsuits. Unfortunately, big tech has deep pockets and very effective lobbyists on Capitol Hill. And when push comes to shove, your elected leaders would much rather own a beachfront vacation home than defend your First Amendment freedoms. I'm Todd Starnes. But he saves the poor from the sword of their mouth and from the hand of the strong. So the helpless has hope and injustice has shut its mouth. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. That's the name of this program. I'm Tim with uh, Fred and Ray, and we thank you for listening. Should you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Sandy Rios is Director of Governmental Affairs for our ministry, AFA, so she represents us in our nation's capital. Sandy is also... uh, Host of her program, Sandy Rios in the Morning, heard weekdays on American Family Radio from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock Central Time. Many of you are listeners of Sandy. Sandy, good morning. I'm talking, but you can't hear me. Good morning, Tim. Now we can. (laughs) Yes, you can. Good. I'm glad. Now we can. Hey, uh, I know you got an appointment coming up in a few minutes, so we wanted to get right to the uh, topic at hand. Fred, do you want to ask Sandy about this? Yeah, Sandy, I was listening to your program this morning, and you interviewed a lady by the name of Debbie Doster. Uh, She's a lady from Tennessee, and she has a a story to tell. Uh, She has a problem uh, with kidneys, and... Uh, she needs a replacement. She goes to Vanderbilt uh, to get on the kidney replacement list. And uh, Sandy, I'll let you tell the rest of the story as to what happened to Debbie Doster when she went with that request. Yes, and let me just say, Fred, thanks for asking that question. Uh, Debbie called into the show the Thursday before Christmas, and she was just one of the, the many people that listen who call who have something to say. And she basically said, I was on the kidney transplant list, at Vanderbilt, and they have just notified me that I am now off the list. They've removed me because I will not because I'm not vaccinated. And she said, "I just want someone to. I'm I'm calling you because I'm hoping someone will hear me, will see me. I I need help. I don't know what to do. And so um, we've been trying to get her help. And I asked her to join me this morning, which she did. She has a fascinating story. She was a basketball player in college. I think she played at Murray State." Um, and she has uh, got her Ph.D. in uh, education. She taught physics. Uh, she is an incredible woman, and she's lots of fun. She teaches Bible studies. She is a sold-out believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. She's not, she's not bitter, uh, but she desperately needs a kid- kidney. Her function is down to 19%, and they're basically just telling her, not her doctor. Her doctor loves her, has been working with her for years, uh, but whatever committee it is that makes that decision says, oh, no. She can't, you know, have a kidney because she is not vaccinated. And by the way, she said several people offered to donate their kidneys for her, and one was a match. And she cannot have the kidney because they will not let her because she hasn't been vaccinated. It is just horrendous, and it's so unscientific for an organization and a a health clinic that is world-renowned and has gained its uh, reputation because it has been so conscientious about, um, you know, practicing medicine. This is the opposite of that. This is allowing people to die based on nonsense. What's her name again, Sandy? I'll ask our listeners to pray for her today. Yes, Debbie Doster. Debbie Doster. Deborah Deborah Doster, D-O-S-T-E-R. Yes, and and Tim, I'm asking, I ask people that live in Tennessee or have connections with Vanderbilt to call and intercede on her behalf. And I just always say there's no need to be smart. Uh, you can be angry and sin not, but just demand that they reconsider this. This is this is horrendous, unconscionable, and uh, yeah. beneath them. You know, 
Yes, absolutely. All those things you just said. And Ray, we were talking in our show prep um, meeting this morning. What other uh, what other situations would Vanderbilt deny people uh, health care? I mean, uh, if somebody has a car accident and they weren't wearing a seatbelt, are they going to say, no, sorry, you weren't wearing a seatbelt, we're not going to treat you? Uh, uh, you got emphysema? Well, you're a cigarette smoker? Well, sorry, we're not going to help you. I mean, where does this stop when you start deciding you're not going to help people or treat people, especially in a life-threatening situation, because you disagree with their uh, their life choices? Tim, uh, could I could I jump in? Go, go ahead, a, Sandy. And I had then. an email from another listener. Uh, she is married, has children. And she's been on, I had never heard of this before, and I can't remember the name, but it's a medical treatment. She has to go in like once a week, I believe, uh, to get this Like dialysis? Treatment. It's not dialysis, okay. but it's something like that, and okay. it's life-saving. Okay. And she's been on it for years, and they just notified her that she cannot get it because she's not vaccinated. And I've had other people t- call, tell me that their doctors have dropped them. I had a woman contact me that her child, her boy, I think is 17, her pediatrician, who actually deliver or has taken care of him since he was a baby, has dropped him because the family's not vaccinated. Mm. This is happening all over the country. It's just disgraceful. Right, go ahead, uh, Sandy. I'm just thinking about this case because if, if your kidney function is down to 19 percent, you are way you're you're way into the danger zone. So every day is critical. Is there any legal recourse for her, or can the hospital just say it's our policy and it can't even be challenged? Well, I don't know, Ray. I, this is not the first time this has happened in the country. You know, uh, it happened in Colorado. Right. It happened in, uh, it seemed to me, Ohio. And I remember, I think it was Texas, who said, all of you who are, you know, weary and heavy laden and need organs, come to us. We'll help you. Um, and so I remember those things in the news, but I don't recall there being a legal challenge that was successful. That doesn't mean there weren't. I just don't know. There's got to be something. We're trying to get her legal representation, trying to get her a kidney, trying to get her reinstated, trying to get politicians involved, whatever it takes, to and embarrass. We just should embarrass the life out of Vanderbilt. How dare they? Mm. How can you trust your life? How can you trust your life to a medical organization who makes a decision like this because we know, we know for a fact that vaccinated people are getting COVID. We know that. Oh, every day, all day. So this is not based on anything but punitive punishing policies uh, that are going to cost people lives. Sandy, I just want to go back to one ingredient of this story. There is a lady, I think you just told us, that said uh, she had a kidney she'd be willing to give up. She's a match to Debbie Doster, and Vanderbilt still refused. Am I yes, understanding yes. that correctly? Yes, we don't know that it's a lady. It's okay. an anonymous donor Okay. who has a matching kidney. Yeah, there have been several people that have offered. She doesn't know, any, uh, doesn't know who they are, uh, and one was a match, and they won't No, They won't let her have it. Is there any possibility, Sandy, to go somewhere else? Um well, that's another thing that that's another thing that we need okay. to pursue. Yeah, this is all just all just I, happening. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you have other. There are other places, certainly, uh, probably uh, UK, Lexington, or UAB in Alabama. I mean, but there are some other places that were within driving distance of 
but I don't know. Maybe they have the same policies, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, Sandy, uh, we will pray for Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Doster, and yeah, Debbie Doster, and we just ask you folks if you have any connections at Vanderbilt University, please, as Sandy said, intercede on her behalf. And if you need more information, uh, well, you can send this podcast to somebody, uh, you know, of this interview or Sandy's interview with Debbie this morning. Yeah. Uh, you yes. Go, Sandy, uh, you can go, uh, you can go to AF, Brent, tell folks where people can get Sandy's podcast from this morning. They can go to AFR.net and there is a tab at the top that says podcast. And then you can scroll through and find Sandy's, uh, show and click on it and it will have the podcast. Okay, from go this through morning. that one more time. The steps to take there. You go to AFR.net. There is a tab at the top that says podcast. You click on it and then scroll down and find Sandy's show. Okay, and once you click it, it has her archive shows. Okay, and then that that that's this that's today's show. Sandy interviewed Debbie this morning, folks. So you can go and listen to that for yourself. Sandy, thanks so much yeah. for yeah. this. This a very troubles our heart uh, to hear this story. Mm-hmm. I know it does yours, and thank you for everything you're doing for Debbie. And we ask our listeners to pray for her in that situation. Thank you, thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for the chance to tell okay. that story to you guys in your audience. Thank you. Absolutely. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. That's Sandy Rios uh, joining us there, Fred. There, there is something deeply troubling in this country. These other examples that Sandy gave, I mean, uh, a lady with a son that has to have this procedure, but the pediatrician, I'm not going to treat your son anymore because your family is refusing to get vaccinated. Right. I mean, <clears throat> I, I would want to know from this medical community, all right, do you, do you refuse treatment to somebody who's obese? That's another good example. You're going to tell them, uh, listen, uh, we're not going to treat you because uh, you're overweight. Yeah. Do you're you, overweight. Do you drink alcohol? Okay, we're not going to treat you. Right. Because alcohol is bad for your body. Right. Do you smoke? Right. We're not going to treat you. Right. I haven't heard those stories. Right. I, I would just like to question What's the Hippocratic about? Oath, Ray? Well, that's the oath that doctors swear to do no harm and to use all their efforts, all their efforts to provide healing to those who are in trouble. And the shocking thing about this to me, of, of all of it, is that it's not that she wasn't on the list to start with. She was on the list, fully qualified right by their standards they kicked her off the list knowing wow. knowing her kidneys are in terrible shape she's down to 19 percent. you know you're not going to last too long at that how callous how hard-hearted how pol- how politicized has the process become when you kick a, a completely qualified person off your list for a life-saving transplant you kick them off for something they were qualified for simply because they didn't follow the vaccine mandate at a minimum at a minimum you would call that cruel and inhumane yes yes and for a medical facility like vanderbilt university to Mm -hmm. to practice this i'm just i don't know what to say exactly i'm i'm I'm, i was stunned to hear the story i'd heard sandy talk about it before but uh, and and again i i heard most of the interview this morning and Debbie Doster, she's a wonderful Christian woman. You might think she's angry and bitter. She is not. Right. She's she's just got a sweet, sweet attitude about all of this. And uh, but boy, I mean, she she is out there, 
And she is an example of something that has gone very wrong in this country. Mm-hmm. It's very wrong. There's- well, this has been politicized by the left mm-hmm. yep. uh, in this country, by the political left in this country. And make no mistake, you get to a level of, I, I, I don't know the people at Vanderbilt University, but I know they're probably left wing mm-hmm. at the top levels because you don't get to those levels without being right. uh, a, a person who believes in, quote, progressive politics. So... I mean, and that, that's just true of almost all colleges and universities, so with rare exception around the country. But to punish, uh, I would consider this punishing Yeah, somebody. Well, sure. with, uh, We're going to let you die is what they're saying. That's exactly what We're going to let unless you, you die. Unless you uh, do what we say as get far the as jab. Getting, get the jab. We're going to let you die. Uh, we, we'd rather have that, you know. This, and, and, this isn't about health concerns because, after all, you could take Debbie Doster and you could test her every single day. And as long as she shows that's up negative on the test, then she's perfectly fine to get the surgery, right? That's a so good this point. Is, this is not about danger to the medical staff there. Again, this is, you're playing politics yeah. with somebody's it, it, no, life. No, it's, it's political vindictiveness. Yes. Is what it is. I'll, I will show you. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll get the jab or you'll die. That, but in essence, is it that what is, uh, are your life's in jeopardy? Yes. Um, uh, that's just, as I say, cruel and inhumane. And uh, uh, well, well, we've got a lot of listeners uh, in Tennessee. Yeah, and we do. I'll, I'll bet, Tim, we've got somebody out there who knows somebody at the Vanderbilt yeah. Medical Center. Make that call. Be be, yeah. be gracious, but firm in saying this yeah. woman deserves to be put back on the list. She's and we, done nothing wrong. And we have a, uh, Vanderbilt's a national university. So yes. uh, we have a lot of listeners, I'm sure, who are Vanderbilt grads out there who could weigh in yeah. here as well. Call and pray for Debbie. Yeah. Pray for Debbie. And, and if you want, uh, if you're saying, well, I would like to hear firsthand from her again, go to the uh, AFR website and download the interview that sandy did this morning on the sandy rio show with debbie herself and uh and check that out that did happen i remember a few months ago in colorado one of the colorado hospitals refused a it was kidney i think i think it was a kidney transplant or heart maybe and the lady had to leave and go to texas Mm-hmm. to another you remember that yeah i remember you sat talking about yeah. that and it isn't like the uh the vaccine shot is uh, uh it, it is as ray, as ray just said the vaccine shot uh test her if you want to but the vaccine shots people are still acting like the vaccine shots keep you from getting or spreading covid if that were the case there would this would be a different maybe a different conversation the vaccine shots neither keep you from getting COVID or keep you from spreading COVID. Yes. The only thing the vaccine shots have come down to now is the claim that they keep you from getting sicker than you otherwise would get if you didn't have it, should you get COVID. I'm not going to argue that point, okay, because uh, that's like proving a negative to me. How do you prove it, right? Right. Uh because I, I remember yesterday the, listening to the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin is his name, right? Right. Fully vaccinated. Fully vaccinated, had his booster. He got COVID. Uh, they're still calling them breakthrough cases, even though the breakthrough cases, that, that doesn't even mean anything anymore because people are having COVID 
the vaccinated are having COVID like the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's not making any difference with this Omicron. But I remember him uh, yesterday, I was reading his comments where, you know, I'm having mild symptoms. I do have COVID, but thank God. for. And I don't think he said thank God because, but, but he said, thank, thankfully I have the vaccine. Therefore, my, uh, my, my uh, symptoms are mild. And I wanted to say, well, okay, then, my name is Tim Wildman. I'm president of American Family Association. I had COVID two weeks ago, and thankfully I had natural antibodies and my symptoms were mild. Yeah. I mean, why can't I say that? Yes. Right. You know, they, they're making these claims mm-hmm. that may or may not be true, but that's really not the point. Yeah. That's really not. Go ahead, Ray. Isn't the real problem here the mandate? The problem yes. isn't really the vaccine. The problem is the mandate. Yes. If, if we drop the mandates – a whole lot would improve here in America. Well, and, and, go ahead. And, and, and let me just add this uh, this to, to people have reasons why they don't want to get the jab or the, the, the shots. Mm-hmm. There are legitimate reasons people have. Uh, they're educated about things. They read, they study, they research, they listen. This is people who don't, uh, I did people who, uh, I was considering going to get uh, a shot, uh, back in August. I've mentioned this before. So I wasn't against vaccines. Ray's had, uh, the right. shots, right? Ray. That's, so, that's no, no, so nobody's against the vac- the vaccines. And about, right. by the way, a lot has been learned about vaccines in the 12 months or 10 months or so that, we didn't know otherwise. I won't go into that, uh, but I'm just saying. So for so for the for the the people to peer down their noses at people who haven't had the vaccination shots and say, you know, basically you're just ignorant hillbilly bumpkins who who believe in Bigfoot, and so if you're going to take that approach, we're not going to we're not you're, you're you're unwashed. You know, no, no, people have. Uh, there are very, in fact, there are people who are liberal, mm-hmm. who are uh, who've who've taken the same approach. They've done their homework, they've done their research, they've weighed they've weighed the pros and cons, and they said, you know what, uh, this isn't for me. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what his political views are, right. the NFL quarterback, he, he said, you know, his doctors Ray recommended he not get it, the vaccine shots because of uh, other situ- uh, other conditions that he had in his body. So uh, for, for, for the left-wing media types and the political pundits to just look at and say, well, people who are unvaccinated are just a bunch of Trump voting yahoos who, who, who are flat earthers, that's just, Ray, that's just a, such an unfair characterization of well, people. Well, well th- there's, a, there's a lot here. We certainly are not opposed to the concept of vaccines. Mm-mm. I'm in favor of the prevention of every possible disease, right? Amen. I mean, uh, uh, it, it seems like a long, long time ago, I got that polio vaccine and the, the smallpox vaccine. I mean, so long ago, I can't even remember right. when it happened. I was a little kid when that happened, right? And, <laughs> and then measles and diphtheria and, and all that. And, and I thank God for the scientific research behind it. But this was rushed. Right, we all understand right. that Operation Warp Speed. It's not totally a Democrat issue because that started under Republican sure. administration, right? But it was Operation Warp Speed, get it out there fast, and we all had high hopes. But 
enough research. We didn't know as much right, then as right. we know now. There are legitimate reasons people have for not wanting to get a vaccine. What are you saying to Aaron Rodgers, who's a who's a very smart fellow right. besides being an excellent football yeah. player? His own doctor said you shouldn't right. get it. Right. Don't get it right now. So what right. are you saying? Aaron, you're to you're to ignore what your own medical advisors say and get the jab? Yeah, so what would Vanderbilt say to him if he needed a kidney transplant? I'm oh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers, we can't treat you because you haven't had the vaccine shot. And what if he said, well, my doctor said recommended against it for me for other health reasons. Tough luck. You'll just have to, uh, you know, right. what, you suffer the fate of your – Or go your, someplace else, but we're not going to do it. Right. You're listening to today's Issues on American Family Radio. Fred, next story. All right, uh, switching gears here a little bit, but, you know, it's a story that's ongoing, but mainstream media is just avoiding it like the plague. Uh, no pun intended there. But uh, Avoiding it like the COVID. Like, yeah, the, like the COVID. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Close to, and this is not speculation on our part, but close to 2 million people have entered this country illegally since Joe Biden became president less than a year ago. Unprecedented. This is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Just before we went on the air, we were watching a video yeah. piece. People just streaming across nonstop. That's every day. All every day. day. Now, some of those people have been turned back, but at least 45 to 50% of them are managing to stay in this country they're now calling them. The Biden administration has created what's being called ghost flights. What is, what is that? In the middle of the night, these people are being shipped from the border, courtesy of the Biden administration, to places all over the country. And these planes land literally in the middle of the night. And the governors of those states aren't even notified. Not even notified. The latest, just in the last 24 hours, some of these planes are now landing in Pennsylvania. We know Governor DeSantis of Florida has talked about them arriving in the middle of the night in Jacksonville. This is the kind of stuff that's going on. This morning, Congressman Dan Crenshaw of Texas with Odd Foxing and Friends talking about these ongoing border security problems. Cut to. We know that hundreds of thousands of people have been let loose, sometimes given some sort of notice to reappear, sometimes not. We know from data that approximately 90% of people who come from Northern Triangle countries do not show up for their court date. This is a common myth that the left tries to tries to put out there, and it's not true. The data actually shows, recent data from DHS shows about 90% do not show up, okay? now. As far as the, the other myths that they perpetuate, that this, is, that, that this is some form of compassion, that you're just taking care of people who have a, have a worse life than you and you should be welcoming them, this is not compassionate. I mean, you just listed all of these, these horrible, heart-wrenching news stories that have occurred on the border because human smugglers are trying to escape police. You talk about the human smuggling itself. You talk about the fact that we've lost more people from fentanyl deaths than COVID from ages 18 to 45. This is a real crisis in America, and this administration doesn't want to do anything about it. Yeah, he's meant, no, he said a lot there. Fentanyl. The Trump administration. You mean that's, that's flooding over from Mexico? Flooding over from Mexico. It's coming in by the tons now. It had been greatly reduced under the Trump administration. It's coming in by the tons and being spread all over the country. This is the drug that, that is more highly addictive than heroin, they say. Correct. Correct. Okay. The other thing, there was a story this morning also that some of the people that have been caught they are uh, sexual offenders who have been thrown out of our country, 
but now they're coming back in. All right? We have drug dealers. We have gang members from Mexico that are coming across the border. A few of them are being caught in the net, but many of them are not. They're coming back into this country. These are criminals that are coming back in this country. And the Biden administration, Joe Biden, is responsible for all of this. He stopped. One of the first things he did was stop the building of the wall. I mean, things are so bad. The state of Texas now well, has got a cruise down there building some wall themselves with their own expense. The yeah. material that with, that Trump wanted to do to finish that wall is sitting there rusting on the border while these hundreds of thousands are coming across our border. Well, go ahead, Ray. The only conclusion I can come to, guys, is that this is not a mistake. It is happening because this is what the Biden administration wants to happen. They have gutted the protection that Mr. Trump set up on the southern border. So now you've got, what, 2 million? Is that the number that you said? Yes, people yes, yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's unbelievable. And, and, and th- th- Tim, Fred, this is not happening by accident. No. It is happening because the administration says they want it this yeah. way. What, uh, and I might add, people are now figuring this out from around the world who can have the means or can figure out a way to get to Mexico. They are then uh, transported up to the border. And I mean, it's, it's, interna- it's multinational. Mm-hmm. It's not just people from Central America or Mexico. 120 yeah. countries. Yeah. So, yeah, it's by design. Uh, Biden and the Democrats want to flood our country with uh, people coming here illegally, then disperse them all over the land, and uh, hopefully they'll vote Democrat when they give them when they give them amnesty. That, that's the ultimate objective. Whether that happens or not, the amnesty part remains to be seen, but that's the goal of the Democratic Party in America. That's the reason... They've opened the floodgates. They don't want to stop these folks. Uh, They want to just ship them all over America. That's Biden's America right there. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.